Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good afternoon. At the tone, Pacific Daylight Time will be... It's 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock. One step closer to my own personal hill. This is Primetime on Sports Radio 1080 The Fan. We expect the best. We're not afraid to break someone. Do you hear me? Primetime is your source for the best in local, regional, and national sports. Go ahead and clap. Mediocrity deserves applause. Isaac Robin. I'm miserable. I had to get up at 10 o'clock this morning. Jason Sakanik. I'm a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. Primetime on 1080 The Fan. Welcome in on a post-holiday Tuesday. Two-thirds of the crew here for you, Suk and Buck. Uh, no Rob today. He's stuck somewhere in Kansas. I think he might be getting on an airplane. I don't know if he's stuck in the whole Southwestern or the Southwest uh, airline mess, but he's had some sort of uh, plane kerfuffle where he was supposed to be on a plane either last night or this morning and it got canceled, so he had to drive from Salina to Kansas City. But rumor has it he's got a plane booked tonight. And uh, should be back tomorrow. But Andrew Nemec stepping in on uh, last minute notice. We appreciate it. You and your Jesus-like hair, bringing your your religious glow to this 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 holidays post-holiday season program. It's a strong flow, if I do say so it myself. It is mini miracles, one segment at a time. I just thought, you know, we're we're on the heels of Christmas, and you know, you you do have a very Jesus look about you right now. That's what I'm going have you, for. Have you thought about doing a, a nativity sort of thing happening there? In the bedroom or just in general? Oh, just in general. Oh, I mean, well, then, a, well then no. <laughs> that could be a bit awkward. Has anyone ever brought in a... Re- well, I don't want to go down those Let's, roads. Wait, you know, Nemec, how old are you? I am 36. Oh, so you've already passed your Jesus year of 33. Was he 33? Was that where... Yeah, that was we the, that, that's, what, that's the Jesus year. That's, that's, the, that's the, the year of the resurrection. That's the official count is 33. Yeah, you're... you're I have no idea what you're, you're talking You're too old. You look young, though. You know, you, you can pass for 33. You can pass for 33. Yeah. You know, the hair, the long... I still get ID'd when I buy liquor. <laughs> Do you really? Yeah. Well, I'm. I whenever someone asks me for ID, I just stare at them, and I'm like, really? Like, what? What about this? Says twenty years old. The the baldness, the the gray in my beard. What the wrinkles around my eyes? Like it. And most of the time, when I just I drop a really, then it it just you know my they 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 will wave it for me. My wife says that I have a baby face, and that's why I. It's almost mandatory that I have a beard. If I shave my face, I look twelve. Yeah. Like really, it's bad, and. So that happened one day. Separate from that, I took my daughter to the store and the cashier, I bought a bottle of wine. Separate from that, the cashier said, I need to see your ID of such a baby face. And my daughter, who is four, thinks that is hilarious. Everyone says, Daddy has baby. You got a baby face. <laughs> so now she says that to me 
all the time. Like when we, we, we when we wrestle or play any game, she's like, "Daddy has a baby face," and that's like her favorite thing in the world. And it is cute because she now can explain to people. Mama says it. The store people <laughs> say it. It's like, oh god. And she thinks they were talking crap to me. Yeah. And the reality is they're obviously saying I look young, but whatever. Yeah, it's it's weird because all three of us have facial hair, and I like. When I don't have facial hair, like I'll see photos of me without it, and now it just it, it does seem like a different person. I feel like I look doofy. It certainly is. It certainly is a. If you're just used to seeing, I it. have an off-putting face. <laughs> <laughs> see, I think my wife is scared of my face because I've had a beard the entire time we've known her, or that I I've that we've known each other, and I'm like, she's like, yeah, don't shave that. She fears the day. I'm like, like she she okay. she's never seen me shave it off she see me trim it that's it but she's like no don't do that i'm like i think you're really afraid of what my face is gonna look like well i my i've been with my gal for almost three years now and when we met i i had a beard but it was it was fairly it was fairly trimmed up it was kind of like what yours is now i've now kind of the last three years like COVID, i just went full yeah you're a viking yeah i went full viking beard and i want to say like a year and a half ago she goes would you shave your beard for me and i was like yeah I don't care. She goes, have you shaved before? I'm like, yeah, I, I have no problem shaving my beard. And she, I'm like, do you want me to? She's like, yeah. So I shaved it off. And she, I, I came out of the bathroom and she took one look at me and went, oh. And I was like, wow. Ooh. I was like, oh my. Bit? I was like, shots fired. She goes, no, no, it's, it's fine. I was like, that's not fine. And I was like, this was your idea. And she goes, I know, just grow it back. She gave you the Travis Kelsey treatment. Yes. Do you remember when Travis Kelsey shaved his face and suddenly it's like, oh, he's a pedestrian offensive lineman looking dude. Yeah. But when he has the beard, he's an attractive model looking dude. Have you, do you know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're he talking about. He shaved his beard and women, and yeah. my wife, I showed my wife and yeah. she's like, that's not the same person. Yeah. And I was like, well, here's his brother. And she's like, oh, he looks like his brother without his beard. Yeah. And then when he has a beard, he looks like a GQ model. Yeah, I, like, oh I don't God, look like a GQ up. model, but I would tell you, when I walked out of the bathroom, the look of, there was no hiding the look of disappointment. I was like, I'll give it two weeks and, and you know, it'll be back. Wow. But she was, and I had to remind her every time, I'm like, this was your, you don't ever get to say anything about the length of my beard anymore. You chose this. You chose this. This is the path you chose yes. to go down. See, when I have really long hair like I do now, and I have no beard. It looks really weird. Yeah. You have to kind of have a beard when yeah. you have long. Because I have long. I have like down in my Jesus, back. You have Jesus hair. Hair. Well, and I feel the same way being bald. If you don't have any hair up top and I have none and you don't have any facial, you just look like a penis. Is that the Bill Burr? It's the Bill Burr. It's yeah. not a good look. You got to grow a little. You got to grow a little something. And uh, let's grow a hot five at five right now. Hot topics, hot opinions. Oh, golly, I'm hot today. And hot air. It's time for the Hot Five at Five. That's hot. The Hot Five at Five on Primetime with Isaac and Sue. No, I mean it. That's very hot. The Hot Five at Five with Isaac and Sue on 1080 The Fan. Number five. Well, we know the college football playoff is expanding, but if the... NCAA's transformation committee that uh, has been meeting for the last several months and they delivered their report. If they have their way, the NCAA basketball tournament will also be expanding. They met today and uh, delivered their report and some of the things they have in there, they're basically, uh, you know, they're talking about like having mental health counselors on on campus for kids, different resources. Um, But really kind of the main headline today was they were uh, in favor of expanding the NCAA tournament to 90 Teams. No, thank you. 90 
teams. Does nope. anyone, anyone need an NCAA tournament with 90 teams? The bubble teams don't even belong in there. No, and their whole point was less bureaucracy, more opportunity. Because, you know, you always get to the end and it's like, well, the last four. Does anyone care about a 500 basketball team that finished seventh in their conference not getting an opportunity to play in the NCAA tournament? Every year there's one team, and sometimes there's two, but usually there's one that everybody's like, they got absolutely snubbed. And you're like, they went 17 and 15. They snubbed themselves. Win more than 52.6% of your game. I'm not a. That percentage is not accurate. (laughs) College football expansion, yes. College basketball expansion, no. The beauty of the tournament is it fits on that one sheet. The tournament is perfect. Can you imagine? Don't screw it up. I need to go to Kinko's and print out my bracket poster. Exactly. No thank you. Get the hell out of my stapling it. There's a paper clip involved. Get out of here. Uh, speaking of getting out of here, a lot of Seattle Seahawks fans upset. You know, the Seahawks are facing a, a uh, kind of a big deal this this weekend where they take on the Rams. So the Seahawks have, there's one playoff spot up for grabs in the NFC. Three teams. Lions, Packers, Seahawks. These are the scenarios in which it plays out. In order for Seattle to get in, Seattle needs to win, and they need Detroit to beat Green Bay. For Detroit to get in, Detroit needs to beat Green Bay, and they need Seattle to lose to the Rams. And for Green Bay to get in, all they have to do is beat Detroit. Win and you're in. Win and you're in. Problem is, they have now flexed the Green Bay-Detroit game to Sunday night. So by the time they play on Sunday night, the Seattle game will have already been played. And if Seattle wins, Detroit will basically be playing for nothing. Okay, here's the thing. Is anybody really going to care about the fact that this season, regular season's going to end on Aaron Rodgers with a chance to make a playoff (laughs) in Lambeau? That's a good story. Who cares about anything else? And by the way, if any team was just going to play spoiler, like regardless of what happens with the Seahawks game, if you had to pick a team whose head coach was like, oh yeah, we'd love to play spoiler. In fact, we'll do it twice in a row, back-to-back games against two different teams. It's the Detroit Lions and Dan Campbell. It's the perfect stage for Sunday night football. I have no problem with it. Seattle fans, just like we just talked about with the NCAA tournament bracket. Don't lose five and six. If you wanted to make the playoffs and not have it be determined by what happens to the Packers on Saturday night, win more games and not have three rookie offensive tackles as your top three tackles. Problem solved. Uh, what about number three? Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines have made the college football playoff the last two seasons, but people forget this. Jim Harbaugh tried to leave to take the Viking job last year, and at the 11th hour, Minnesota turned him down, sent him back to Michigan. Well, it turns out Michigan may be without a coach this year, and that Jim Harbaugh apparently is in active discussions with both the Denver Broncos and the Carolina Panthers, potentially $20 million a year. You know who didn't forget that? Is recruits. Michigan's recruiting class this year is absolutely horrific. Really? It's almost like a coach knew he was leaving and didn't try to get a whole bunch of really good players. They, I don't even think they're in the... At one point, they weren't in the top 30 late, Boy. and they made the college football play. Two years in a row. And they lost Dante Moore, five-star quarterback out of Michigan, and C.J. Carr. People don't talk about this. C.J. Carr is Lloyd Carr's grandson, and his dad played for Michigan. You know where C.J. Carr committed this year, five-star quarterback? Notre Dame. See, Lloyd Carr's grandkid Ouch. is a five-star quarterback and didn't go to Michigan. Holiday is not going to be too fun, are they? Holiday meals with the Carr family? <laughs> not not going to be great. Uh, I, you know what? I think they're probably like, if Jim's gone, hey, it's okay, Pop Pop. Jim Harbaugh doesn't want to be there, and he's going to get $20 million a, 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 a season to not coach there. Think about, by the way, well, a, lot of people, a lot of people upset at the Walmart family, the Waltons, for potentially jacking up that salary. Because if that thing is 20, they're saying Sean Payton may get 25 somewhere. 
the prices of NFL coaches just went up just a scooch. You know how some years it's not exciting to follow the coaching carousel because yeah. it's like, ooh, where's Jim Tom Sula going to end up? Uh, this year is going to be fascinating. Yes. Oh, by the way, number two, uh, a lot of people scored a lot of points in the NBA last night. Name, <laughs> namely Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. And, by the way, the Cavs got drug tested. Yeah, they, they, they PET <laughs> tested uh, Donovan Mitchell after he dropped 71. 71, eh? <laughs> number one. By the way, he needed those, too. Wasn't like a meaningless 71. OT. Uh, OT. He yeah. needed every one of those to, to win. Freaking, by the way, the Cavs are good. You haven't watched any of the Eastern Conference. The, the Cavaliers and the Nets, all of a sudden, legit. Did you see that Donovan Mitchell and Robin Lopez combined for 73 points? <laughs> that was a great tweet, by the way. <laughs> that thing was phenomenal. Robin Lopez, yeah. yeah. Hey, he tweeted, I was hoping. Yeah, he tweeted that out. He said that Lopez and Mitchell go combined. <laughs> I, I worked with a guy who said that in, uh, in high school, he and Jim Harbaugh combined for 46 points in a basketball game. Wow. My buddy scored two. Nice. Uh, we know last night a horrific scene uh, there in uh, in Cincinnati between the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals where uh, safety DeMar Hamlin unfortunately had a, uh, a cardiac issue, took a hit to the chest, um, did have to perform CPR on him, was at the hospital overnight, is in a medically induced coma, and I guess uh, we have word now an uncle that came out and gave an update on his condition? Yeah, family members said that uh, he is still getting oxygen. He's not breathing on his own yet, but the oxygen they're giving him, they've reduced it from 100% to 50%, so it's going in the right direction. Yeah, so at this point, you know, everyone's looking for information. Everyone's looking for answers, but the truth of the matter is if you listen to a lot of medical professionals, they're telling you this may be a while. You know, we, we live in a society where we want answers right away, and they just may not be available at this point so all you can do is kind of fingers crossed you hope for that young man that he's able to make it out of this regardless of whatever happens to his football career you're just hoping that the young man has an opportunity to to live his life and on on kind of a of a, a, a fun bright side the, the only thing that you can try to take out of this is he had started a toy drive when he was in college and he was continuing as only a second year nfl player and he was hoping to raise twenty five hundred dollars for underprivileged kids in the in the Pittsburgh area where he's from and he went to school at Pitt to, to do a toy drive and since this this tragic um, accident that, that he uh, has suffered they have raised close to five million dollars and I can't think of a better way if that young man is God willing able to wake up to see the love and support that people are sending him and when he finds out that he has you know a, a five million dollar pool waiting for him to do the work that that he was doing, even when he was uh, when he was in college, so you're always trying to find some sort of of, of bright side to that. But uh, we'll discuss a little bit and and where the NFL goes from here. And I want to take a slightly different spin on it because I I don't think either one of us are necessarily NFL apologists. I know I I certainly am not. I think there's a lot of good that goes along with the NFL, and I think there's a lot of bad that goes along with the NFL. But I think at times people use tragedy to turn things into punching bags. Someone has to be to blame. Someone has to be to blame. And I'm going to defend the NFL a little bit when we come back. You got primetime right here, 10 to the fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So it's been a a bit of a weird show. It's been a weird day in in the world of sports. Um, Obviously with the DeMar Hanlon situation happening last night and Hopefully, getting some some more positive news. I mean, we don't know exactly, you know, how he's faring, but you assume at this point, and you're hearing from his family saying that you know they're in good spirits. They appreciate the love that his oxygen uh, level that he's on is is being reduced to fifty percent. You would think that those are all good signs, but we may not know for a significant period of time. You know, whether he makes you know a full recovery, any kind of recovery, we just don't know. And so I, I think it's you know it's you can't even speculate at this point of how he's doing. You just wait for more information to, to trickle out. But there is this weird kind of, kind of cloud that's hanging over the NFL. And I know last night they were taking a lot of flack for not canceling the game, even though they did cancel, cancel the game. It just, it wasn't canceled soon enough, you know, and now we're hearing about, you know, I heard a bunch of the national guys today. Colin was talking about it, saying that, you know, oh, we talk about player safety, but you can't talk about player safety if you have Thursday night football. You can't talk about player safety if you have 17 games. You know, there's all these kind of things coming at the NFL, and, and you know, is the game safe? And you know, you know, all these these things that we we want to kind of pile on. And I don't want to be an NFL apologist because I think the NFL at times is absolutely ridiculous. I think what the NFL did with concussions and and I truly believe, and, and basically they admitted as much uh, in a billion-dollar settlement, the NFL knew what head trauma was doing to their players, and they ignored it because they didn't want to deal with it because it was bad for business. Make no mistake, the NFL are not saints by any stretch of the imagination. And there's blood on the NFL's hands. you know. But it feels like sometimes when you have something like this happen, that now all of a sudden we want to put a magnifying glass on it and we want to start finding blame. And we want to start pointing fingers and we want someone to be responsible for it. And we want, and, and you know, from a conspiracy theorist online that's that's going to go down the, the road of, well, he got a he got a COVID vaccine and that's why this happened, to, you know, oh, they're, they're playing too many games and these guys don't get enough breaks and it's too fast and it's too physical and all these things and football isn't safe and what can we do to make it safer? At the end of the day, accidents happen. At the end of the day, you're playing a very, very violent sport. And by the way, this happens in lacrosse. You know, this sort of thing, this, this, where you get hit just at the right moment in, in the middle of your, of your chest. And then they, they, they say that like, it's just this, it's this 
you kind of a one in a million sort of shot that it hits you at the exact moment at the exact force in the middle of your heartbeat and it can just throw everything off and it can cause cardiac arrest and they say this can happen in lacrosse it can happen in soccer it can happen in car accidents but it's extremely extremely rare i there was bart scott former nfl linebacker was actually blaming t higgins for this and said that t higgins for dipping his head and shoulder was responsible for it it's like we we have to put a boogeyman on it we have to place a blame and we have to say well why did this happen and and how can we prevent it but in the reality you can't make everything safe you can't make a violent sport inherently safe it just doesn't work that way but it's like we struggle, and maybe it's because we're, when we when we deal with these things, we deal with our own mortality, and it's such a a sobering thing to see CPR being performed on a, a young, healthy, you know, Superman type athlete. That maybe we struggle with that. But I don't like in the face of these things, these these tragic, horrific moments where we're all just kind of forced to kind of take a step back. That some of our first reaction is to then want to just sit there and and point blame and try to, again, create like a, a boogeyman for this. Right, and I just, I think the NFL got a lot of things right. And I think number one being their medical staffs are trained for this situation. Yes. You call it a one in a million hit. It is. They're trained for it anyway. And there have been a number of things, whether it's we've seen like Dak Prescott, horrific leg injury. We've seen a number of huge injuries. We, you know, Ryan Shazier's spinal injury, which was, which was absolutely horrific. Yeah. I watched that live and it scared the bejesus out of him. On that same field. Same field. He flipped over and his legs were just limp and you were like, oh my gosh, he's paralyzed. Uh, There's been terrible injuries in the league. And for the most part, they're prepared for each and every one of those. You mentioned, if you call the game, even if you don't announce it to the stadium, everyone heads to the exits. That ambulance has to get to the hospital. And they waited for his mom so his mom could ride with him to the hospital. Did the league wait to call the game until... You know, they the the ambulance got away, and they made sure the ambulance made it to the to the to the hospital. Uh, you know, there are a number of things. Did they ask the coaching staffs how they felt? Did did they say, "Hey, Bengals, we're letting we're just letting you know. I know you have the lead right now. We are letting the Bills determine this. Okay, that's the way we're doing this." Okay, that all takes time to communicate, and we don't know exactly what happened. I'm sure someday there will be a big, lengthy report. But this idea that, like, the league could have called this unprecedented event and should have known <laughs> eight minutes sooner how to handle this, yeah. I think is is really wrong. And, I again, it goes back to everybody wants to blame somebody. There's no one to blame here. It wasn't T. Higgins' fault that he lowered his head. It wasn't the medical staff's that he a fault that it took him a while to get a heartbeat back because this is the way this hit happens. It wasn't the Bills' fault. It wasn't the league's fault. It wasn't anyone's fault. It wasn't anyone's fault. It's just a terrible situation. And I think there has to be a bad guy. And and on social media, there's always has to be a main character. The rule rule number one of Twitter, never be the main character. And it was Skip Bayless. And people took a ton of shots at Skip. I don't like Skip Bayless's individual tweet that people grabbed that said, what are we going to do about this game? But 99% of the people who saw that tweet missed the beginning. It was a three-part tweet, which was, Player safety is number one. I'm much more concerned about player safety. However, this is late in the season, and he was asking a follow-up question. Should he have waited more time before he asked that question? Absolutely. Was it insensitive? Yes. But if he tweeted that today, no one would care. Yeah. And I think we all want to pick at somebody and say, it's their fault, it's their fault, it's their fault. You know who's, there's, one, it's no one's fault. You know who's at fault or the big bad in this situation is people like Bart Scott yeah. 
trying to pick someone to blame. This isn't T. Higgins' fault. It's not the Bills' medical staff or the Bengals' medical staff. It's not the NFL's fault. It's no one's fault. And it's not it's the just game, a terrible and it's situation. it's not the game of football's fault. Like, and I, that's, it, that's it, a big one, too. You know, I've, I've heard... Again, I, I get we've we've got hours to fill, and you know people are are going to share their opinions, and you're entitled to their opinions. Um, everyone's entitled to their own, but you know I, I've heard so much discussion today on 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 the game itself, and you know this is why you know we have you know the the, the rules, and we're trying to legislate hits out of football, and this is why you can't have helmet to helmet hits, and you can't have this, you can't have that, and I, I don't I don't I I just don't think that has anything to do with any of this. That this idea that today's player safety and the way we protect quarterbacks and the way that we protect head trauma, that has nothing to do with what happened last night. This wasn't a Tua situation and bouncing your head off the carpet or anything like that. This wasn't a concussion. This wasn't a repeated blow thing. This wasn't even that bad of a hit. Not even turf versus grass. There's nothing, nothing. about any of this. That hit happens in the NFL thousands of times uh, 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 every, every single week. Every single week that happens in every single game. So the only way that you can say that, that that hit can be taken out of football is to not have hitting in football. And I'm all for making the game safer. I am not one of these knuckle-dragging idiots. In fact, I'm the exact opposite of that. I've been, you know, years before the concussion thing was, was even an, an issue we were talking about on this program. I'm also the guy that said, I don't want my son to play football. People ask me all the time, you know, hey, did your kid play? And I'm like, no, I don't want my kid to play. Football beat me up enough. I don't need my son to go through that. At 44, I don't need my son to feel the way I feel. And, I, and, and football, to me, it's not worth the risk. But I, and, and I've always said this when people ask me, hey, should my kid play football? I said, that's not up to me. That's up to you. But there are inherent risks that go along with football. But I'd make the argument there's inherent risks that go along with anything. Is there, like, what are, like, what are our hobbies? You know, do, you know, is anyone here a skier? Is anyone here, do you ride motorcycles? Is anyone here like going snowmobiling? I guess the co-founder of DC Shoes, like one of the great extreme sports guys died over the weekend, died in a snowmobile accident. Had a snowmobile tip over on him. I mean, I, I ride my bike. I got run off the road during, during, during COVID. I had a truck run me off the road. And if it weren't for a, a, a guard railing, I'd probably go down a 30-foot rocky embankment going 20 miles an hour. I'm in a lot of trouble. I was riding my bike. There is inherent risks. Sean Bradley, who's the the old uh, center, Philadelphia 76ers, paralyzed from the neck down. Was riding his bike home. You know, we're, we all there. There's nothing in life that is without risk, and I don't like it when something like this happens. And it is tragic. And last night, boy, this this one got to me. I was in tears. It affected me. I think it affected all of us. Like I said, I think there was just a general fog that floated down over the sports world, and. It was only today when I kind of took a step back where I was like, I do think that someone needs to come out and defend the NFL. Because for all the NFL's faults and for all the spots that are, the, the the faults that are involved in this sport, this isn't one of them. I don't think they should I don't think that there is any blame to me to be pointed at the game of football. Everyone knows, and I thought Ryan Clark did a really, really good job last night. I thought Ryan Clark and, and really everyone on the broadcast, I thought did a nice job. But Ryan Clark, you know, talked about this, and I've heard a lot. Mark Schlereth was talking about this today. Um, Chris Long, I listened to. I've listened to a lot of different people that I really respect. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, everyone is aware when you play this game. Everyone aware is what you are signing up for. You are signing up to for a very, very physical game. And when you play a car crash game, sometimes in car crashes, bad things happen. And last night was one of those, and I think maybe that's why 
that hits so many people because they know the inherent risks and yet very rarely are they put so closely in front of our face as they were last night, which is why I think that had such an impact. All right, we come back. Um, we got to, about who we... we uh... Karin Phillips wrote an article about the NFL's handling of this last night oh. for Deadspin. There you go. And we shall discuss it when we come back. Primetime, you're on The Fan. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. We're discussing the NFL's response to what happened last night in the uh, the tragic um, accident that occurred on the field, and we both kind of were, were taking the uh, a mild defense of the NFL, if you will. Um, but here's a man who, when I was reading this article, I wanted to get a different point of view, and uh, he writes for Deadspin. His name is Karin uh, Phillips, and he kind of took the other side that he thought that the NFL um, waited too long in their canceling of, of the game, that the, the hour was was too much. And I wanted to get a different uh, opinion on this. Always like having the descendant opinion. And uh, we appreciate uh, Karin Phillips taking a couple minutes for us. Uh, really appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on, man. Yeah, I was interested in your take because I'll, I'll tell you, when, when I looked at, at this situation, um, I too had that thought immediately where I was like, there's no way that this game can go on. They need to call this. But about an hour went by until they officially made that announcement. And I didn't have a problem with necessarily the, the waiting of it. I didn't think that that was ever going to to, to, to happen where the, the game was going to continue. And it was just going to take a period of time. But you did take umbrage with the NFL for waiting as long as they did. How, how come? Uh, because this is a league that consistently does the wrong thing, right? Yeah. Um, Pick a category. Yeah, you uh, racism, violence, <laughs> violence against women. Yeah. Uh, as as the Miami Dolphin fans, what what the league has done with Tua Tonga, Tua this season yeah. and his multiple concussions, right? We can close our eyes and like throw a dart at the board, and there's an issue. This league has fumbled, not yeah. to you know <laughs> play on words there. Yeah. But what we saw last night, right? That 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 was a little different because that was something we've never seen before. This is a league that owns three nights a week, Sunday, Monday night, and Thursday night. And here we are watching one of the, you know, hyped games of the season, um, and it's on ABC as well, right? So you, you got multiple channels, multiple networks, even though they're under the same umbrella. But uh, it, it doesn't matter how you got the news. Like, I missed it when it happened. I was doing something else, check, check Twitter, and then, then saw everything blowing up, but then tuned in. But when the, if you were watching last night, whenever you cut to the channel to see it, it didn't take very long for you, if you are a human being with a heart, to realize that 
this game is going go this game is going to continue to go on and you know like it would be inhumane to send those players especially the Buffalo Bills yeah. back on the field to play football and do the exact same things that they just saw their teammate do to get hurt in that way. And so I understand, hey, it's week 17. We got the, the finale coming up this weekend. We got playoff implications. For instance, you take the Bills. Let's just say they forfeit this. They forfeit Sunday's game, which I don't think people would go too crazy if the Bills said, hey, we're going to take an extra week off, right? But if the Bills did forfeit next Sunday, that means that the Patriots are in the playoffs now. So there are huge ramifications around this. And I get that because we've seen this league bend over backwards eight times to give us a Super Bowl in 2020 during the peak of the pandemic. But that stuff can be figured out later. What we needed instantaneously was for the commissioner for once to step up and be like, all right, this isn't happening. We'll give you updates. We will figure we've got Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday to figure everything out. But tonight, shut it down. And that's what we all wanted. Like you said, you thought it, but we didn't get it until an hour later. And precious seconds show just how important it can be last night. And too many of those precious seconds were wasted. So I'm, I'm guessing you don't buy the, the Troy Vincent story that it never came from the NFL to start warming up. <laughs> um, here's the thing with Troy Vincent. Um, the NFL could be telling us the truth. Um, and Joe Buck could have got it wrong. But if the NFL is telling us the truth, when has that league shown us that they deserve the benefit of the doubt? Because yeah. even if they have proof, they've got voice notes and phone calls and, 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 and facts and, and screenshots, whatever you need to prove that that didn't happen. And we've got mics of the coaches and what was said or, you know, on, on, on microphones that we don't have access to. Um, and maybe, you know, Joe Buck made a mistake. Maybe he did. Who knows? We will never know. But even if that did happen, and that wasn't the case where um, teams um, were told that they got five minutes to warm up. Now, if you believe Twitter, you can find fans on Twitter that would say, hey, we were in the stadium and we heard that too over the loudspeaker. But if we're just sticking to what Troy Vincent is denying, which we have to remember, he gets paid to deny these things, right? It's kind of his job. But this league has never shown us that they are worthy of having the benefit of doubt when it comes to serious things with football that's being played. Well, and and that's the part where I I will agree with you on. Like I I I, I struggle sometimes when to, to place blame in, in critical situations because I always think about you know how many things have to go, how many things, how many moving balls, how many you know moving pieces are, are mm-hmm. in the air when mm-hmm. something like this, but. You do bring up a good point that you know the NFL certainly has not earned the benefit of the doubt when it when it comes to these sorts of things, and so I, I think it's uh, maybe it's hard not to be cynical. I guess I was trying last night to not be cynical, but I, I totally get where you're coming from that it, it is not necessarily a uh, a league stocked with credibility when it comes to to making moral decisions. It, it, to give an example, last night was kind of like if you were on like a big yacht. And there's a hole in it, and it started sinking. And the power went out, and the Wi-Fi went out, and then all of a sudden the food went bad, and people are going crazy, right? There are a million things going wrong, right? But if you're the captain of the boat, the first thing you should do with all of these problems facing you 
is call for help, right? That would be the first thing you expect someone to do. Hey, there are 17 things we got to clean up and figure out, but the most important thing is to call for help. Last night, Roger Goodell was the captain, and the most important thing was to call this game off. And it does not take an hour to do that. I, I, I push back on that a little bit. And, and by the way, I, I am no proponent, like I'm no big fan of the NFL. Mm-hmm. But the number one thing wasn't that fans needed to know the game was called. The number one thing was that Hamlin received medical treatment, and he did immediately mm-hmm. by people who were trained. Then everyone was kept after that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Everyone was kept after. Everyone was kept in the arena after that, while the ambulance got away, and and the medical staff agreed to wait for his mom. And I I don't know. You know, we'll find out the logistics of whether or not that was a good decision. I don't know. I'm not a medical expert. But they kept all the fans in the stadium long enough that his mom could or couldn't. They de- deemed could you know could get in the ambulance, and then the ambulance took off. So the number one thing was addressed. And by all accounts, it was, you know, Devin Hamlin's health and and the fact that the NFL trained those people to do the right thing. I don't know how many T's and how many I's were dotted. Um, I assume to cancel a game and make sure the ambulance gets away. And I think there was like a 36 minute gap between the ambulance leaving and the game getting called. I don't know how many T's needed to be crossed and I's needed to be dotted before they're allowed to do that or before they're supposed to do that or before, you know, he's safely at a hospital. But I haven't seen anything yet that tells me that they did anything wrong. Um, I have seen that the league makes mistakes all the time. So it wouldn't shock me at all if we found out, man, the league really botched this. That wouldn't shock me at all. But I I do think the league is the boogeyman a lot of the time, and rightly so. And I haven't necessarily seen anything concrete yet that tells me, like, in this moment, they dropped the ball. Other than... Man, fans were really, really anxious for about 30 minutes where they were waiting after the ambulance left for some sort of decision. And it took about 30 minutes for anxious fans to find out the game was called. And, and, and you know what? You're absolutely correct. Um, the NFL hasn't proven it as if it was the boogeyman this time. But if every other time the boogeyman has come out to play, <laughs> when we snatched the mask off like Scooby-Doo, and it's been, the, it's been Roger Goodell in the NFL every single time, um, it's kind of on you. Yeah, I think that's fair. That I totally think that's fair. It wasn't you. <laughs> um, and, and that was the thing, especially when you have like a, a Monday night, which is, you know, one of one of your league's top night. There's a reason why ESPN spent all this money to get Trey Aikman and Joe Buck to call this one game a week because Monday night matters. And it's like, hey, we might find out in the coming weeks or months that the NFL did everything right that they were supposed to do. And and like you said, every I was dotted and every T was crossed. But there are going to be people like myself and many others that was, they're going to look at that and be like, well, they did everything right. But could they have done that sooner? After after the, the medical attention was given, after ambulance was out clear, could we have got that information sooner? Because if you were watching last night, and, and, and the folks at ESPN did a hell of a job um, broadcasting something that we've never dealt with before, but if you just kept watching it and refreshing Twitter and waiting for information, and you're seeing live reports and you know, shots of the coaches on the field and in the tunnel. You're just waiting on the word to come down that you know is going to come down, but you're wondering why it hasn't yet. And that is the thing where you have to hold a league and a commissioner account- accountable because they had a long history of when it comes to player safety, 
in making the wrong decision. Yeah, it was, I, I will admit, some of the images that, that I think about are Joe Burrow throwing the ball and then mm-hmm. Stefan Diggs kind of seemingly, and I, I don't know, it means is it's, you know, it could have been something else, but it, it seemed like Stefan Diggs kind of rounding up his teammates. And anyone that's played the game long enough knows that, I mean, I've never seen anything like this. No one has, but, you know, maybe a spinal injury or something like that where, you know, the, you know a guy will come around and be like, hey, let's, let's kind of get locked in. It, it did kind of get that feeling that like that was what was happening and it was such a surreal mm-hmm. moment because we've all seen these games games don't get canceled and so there was like oh my god there was this sense watching at home like oh my god are they going to do this and, mm-hmm. and I, I will admit I, I did have that I, I did have that thought where i was like are they actually going to try to do this and the longer it went on the more that creeped in and then i think after a certain point then i got they, they after 40 minutes you're like there's no way there's no way you can restart this. It was, exactly. it was a very, it was, just, it was a, it was a surreal moment last night. I don't know if anyone has seen anything like it, and, and you know, God willing, we'll never see anything like it again. And, and and like you said, something very important that that you know one of your first reactions is, oh, they're going to get back to it. And I think many of yeah. us had that reaction, yeah. and that wasn't the wrong reaction because that's what that game, this game of football, has shown us yeah. forever. High school, college, NFL, people get hurt sometimes really, really bad. Everyone takes a knee. There's a moment of silence. You get carried off. You get carted off. People get up and they clap. And then you, then, then the teams get back on the field and they play football. Yeah. So we have been conditioned to see bad stuff happen in this game, take a minute, get back to the game. And last night, it was just kind of like, wait, uh-oh, wait, oh, 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 wow, oh, Okay. This isn't really going to happen, which was out of the norm because for what? The NFL is over 100 years old. College football is over 150 years old. We haven't seen in modern times where a game hasn't gone on. Well, his name is uh, Karin uh, Phillips. You can find him on Deadspin. I really enjoy your work. Uh, I thought you did a really nice piece there on uh, Deion Sanders and the HBCUs as well, and uh, really enjoy your work. I appreciate uh, you taking a couple minutes for us, and I encourage all my listeners, if you're ever looking for for something good, I think you write a lot of uh, thought-provoking stuff, even if it's not necessarily that I agree with 100%. I think you always bring a good perspective, and uh, and I enjoy the work and, and appreciate the time. Thanks for having me again, and I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Yeah, I, I I wanted to get his take because that was that was one of those where I I did I I felt like the NFL handled that handled that well and I wanted to hear a different point of view and again I don't agree with everything he said but I thought he brought up a, a very good point with you know the NFL really hasn't the NFL really hasn't earned the the benefit of the doubt uh, when it comes to that and and the whole being conditioned to to think that. You know, come hell or high water, you are going to get this game in, and and maybe we'll never know exactly what went on inside those NFL offices. But to his point, I, I you couldn't tell me that something was discussed in there that I would believe is the best way to put it. There's nothing off limits that to me that would that that if if something was discussed in there, you couldn't have anything outrageous enough where I wouldn't believe it. I think. Everything was discussed at those levels when you got up to the commissioner's office. Bill Simmons calls it the Mike Tyson zone. Yeah. And it's about an athlete. It's that an athlete has reached the Tyson zone when any story you read about them could could be true. Yeah. If someone told you something, you'd go, that 
that could be true. They joined a cult. They yeah. quit sports. They scored 70. Kyrie Irving is clearly in the Tyson the zone. Antonio Brown very much there. Yeah, yes. very much in the Tyson zone. Uh, the NFL and and their decisions in key moments is, is in the Tyson zone, yes. and I think that's what you're talking about is they could have told us anything. It starts again in 10 minutes. Yeah. It doesn't – we're not going to play again. We're going to play tomorrow morning. Yeah. Anything wouldn't have shocked me. And and to, to the author's credit and to his credit, uh, he's right. The NFL – the NFL should be in a better place. The NFL should have a better reputation than us assuming the worst. Yeah. And unfortunately, they they've built a, a reputation of, of and well-earned yeah. of making really bad decisions in key moments. Well, and I'll, and I'll take it a step further. The NFL is a multi-billion dollar corporation. How about this? Is there a billion dollar network of anything? <laughs> of anything? From churches to, to NFL to Home Depot to... Whatever, Amazon, Google, you name it. Is there, Chipotle. Is, no, there a, is there a billion-dollar corporation out there that you would be surprised if there wasn't some very uncomfortable discussions that happened at the highest level? I just, I, I just think when you get to that point, sure. and, and I, I don't want to just sit there and say it's just the NFL. I think it's just it's, it's business. And you get to that level doesn't shock me in, in in the least bit. If there were conversations saying, hey, if we get the word that he's going to be okay, we're playing this thing, wouldn't shock me if that went on. I, I think, based on the way we've talked about this today, I think the appropriate way to put a cap on this, it, the DeMar Hamlin situation, instead of arguing about whether or not we think somebody screwed up, yeah. I'd like to give just a shout-out to the first responders yeah. from both teams yep. who got on the field, recognized and diagnosed his situation quickly, and by all accounts, by all accounts, Gave are the chance. reason that he's he's yeah. got a shot. Yep. And a, by all accounts, again, a better shot than had he been almost anywhere else. And that is a credit, whether you want to call it the league yeah. or first responders, that is a credit to the people who took care of him on the field. And I'd rather give praise than end this discussion debating yeah, who of, deserves blame. You're right. And and I heard it said best. There was a, a, a medical professional that I follow. He's a, he's a, he's, he's a surgeon and he kind of, he's like a sports, uh, he's on Twitter. He's, he's a good follow and he's, he's a doctor and he just kind of gives you his opinion on uh, medical injuries. Right, you know, anytime you know, Jalen is it David Chow? Uh, no, I think it's Jesse. Uh, David, Jesse. I, I follow Doctor David. Doctor David Chow. I mean, Chow. He, he I, does a great yeah. job. And I, I just I like that. And they say, hey, you know, I didn't treat anyone, but hey, when you have a high ankle sprain, you're dealing with two, a you know, concussion. This is kind of you know what you're dealing with, and it kind of gives you a broad idea of what's going on. And he said that he goes outside of having this cardiac arrest inside a hospital. I don't know if there's a better place to have it than inside an NFL stadium. They really do a a good more than a good job. They do a phenomenal job and the level of care you get in the immediate care. And let's just hope that it was like you said, in time, I think that was, that's, that's a nice way to put a cap on it. We won't talk about it anymore today. We'll have a short segment before we move into the club, but I, I like that instead of pointing fingers and blaming, let's, let's point a finger and, and give an attaboy and some praise to the the people that, um, well, they did, they saved his life because his heart had stopped and they restarted it. and right now he's in a hospital um hopefully improving sounds like maybe he's improving and he's got a fighting chance which at this point is all you can hope for all right uh, we'll put a bow on the uh sporty parts of this before we move into club 1080 you're listening to primetime right here on 1080 the fan after the end of a good fight you deserve an ice cold reward medella is the mark of a fighter you've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. 
You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. All right, short, short segment here. Before we here we go. Buckle today. up, baby. Yes, I. I will just. I'm going to. I'm going to take a step back. Oh, Look so at good. you. I, I will allow so you. Good. I will allow you your two minutes here to to bloviate. Niner keychain on the greatness that is <laughs> the San Francisco 49ers. Because we didn't get a lot of chance to actually talk about. We, we talked to Brady Henderson. Um, who's a Seahawks reporter for free ESPN. We talked about some of the playoff scenarios, but we didn't obviously get to get into a lot of the, what happened um, on the field outside of, of the, the DeMar Hamlin situation. But as we, we move now into, you know, the, the final week of the season here, and you start to look at most of the playoffs uh, are, are set minus a few seedings and, and you've got one spot up for grabs uh, on, on each side. But, you know, for the most part, we know who's going to be in the postseason, and you start to look at who are the real contenders. I'm telling you, if you're going power rankings in the in the NFC, especially right now when I, I don't know what's happening with Jalen Hurts and, and what his health is going to be, I'm not so certain right now that the the pick for the Super Bowl shouldn't be the San Francisco 49ers. Here's the thing. I, I don't know. And and things happen in the postseason that are crazy. Um, well, injuries for one. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff that happens, and, and it's wild. But I do think that people miss when discussing the 49ers the infrastructure that they've built. And I do think they deserve more credit than people give them. They're on their third string quarterback. And I know people know about Trey Lance and Jimmy G. How many teams in the league could even begin to be discussed as a potential Super Bowl contender on their third string rookie And not just Super Bowl contender, but kind of the, I mean, them in Philadelphia and the NFC. I mean, it's it's right there. You, Flip you look, a coin. And you look at this this Niner team, and they've missed on some first-round picks, Javon Kinlaw and potentially Trey Lance, and, and no one's going to be more wrong about that than me if that's the case. How many teams can say that, but also in the same sentence say, but we do so well in the draft later that it almost doesn't matter. And you can go through their draft, whether it's George Kittle as a fifth-round pick, whether it's uh, Talanoa Hafunga as a fifth-round pick, whether it's trading mid-round picks for Trent Williams, the best offensive lineman in the NFL the last two years. They've made a lot of really good decisions that has kind of created a situation where even when they go through all these injuries, they're still a functioning and competitive and good team with a shot to win it. And I, and I think... People don't really give the Niners enough credit in that way. And I, and who knows what's going to happen in the playoffs. I think they are a little bit flawed in the secondary. If the pass rush doesn't get home, they fall apart. Against mobile quarterbacks that can buy time, they tend to lose games. Against elite wide receivers, Devontae Adams the last few years, whether he was with Green Bay or now obviously with the Raiders last week, uh, have gone off for massive games. I'm talking like 12 catches, 167, two touchdowns type of games against the Niners. They're flawed in, in a lot of ways. But I don't know very many teams that would go through the injuries and go through the things they've gone through and be as complete as this team is. And by the way, there is no debate, and it's going to be, I'm going to be infuriated. It's going to be a segment. I'm going to be mad if Nick Bosa doesn't win defensive player. Shoe in. There is no no argument. I believe he's leading the NFL in sacks. Quarterback 49er Hawks, by the way. Buck coming in off the top rope, the barrier guy, like, no doubt. And quarterback hurries. I keep waiting for the Niners to give me a reason to not, to to think that they're not going to make a run. I I keep waiting for it, and I keep thinking, 
something's going to crop up that it just if they don't look the part, they don't look right, it seems disjointed. It doesn't. They I, still have it together. I knew giving you two donkeys this segment to uh, <laughs> to sit there and, and and slobber all over the Niners would be a mistake. Have but you I, seen Have you seen the highlight from last year where George Kittle blocks? I think it's a linebacker in the end zone on the goal line and is the rolls somersault. over him and then it shows it and he's holding his belly laughing hysterically in the end zone no i don't think i've seen that one. it's amazing like and it's jo- not a play he scored a touchdown on no it's he, a play blocked he blocked for on. someone else to score a touchdown and they ran off his block and he literally rolls over and the camera gets it perfectly because it's right overhead and he literally is doing belly laughs grabbing his belly laughing if there's any player i don't know if there is i, I love debo i don't know if there's a player literally i have a george kittle keychain by the way I don't know if there's a player I love more in all of football. I don't know if there's an athlete I love more than George Kittle. No one takes more pride in doing the dirty work. I know Travis Kelsey's an unbelievable receiving tight end. Watch George Kittle block elite edge rushers and flat back them and then laugh and flex. He's also a great receiver. It's just a matter of if he's healthy. It's a matter of whether or not he's healthy. But if we're ranking the top 50 players in the NFL when healthy for the versatility he brings, he is a very good, he's basically a very, very good offensive lineman on the edge. An extra tackle, borderline, an extra average tackle at tight end. And oh yeah, by the way, a top three receiving tight end in the league. He's an unbelievable talent and doesn't get enough credit in part because he's hurt a lot. But if you're going to give me a segment to talk about it, I can't end with anything other than George Kittle is so much fun to watch and has such an incredible passion for the game that his, his passion, his competitiveness, his ferociousness is infectious, and it is part of the straw that stirs the drink for this team, and he deserves a lot of credit. And Brock Purdy looks more than serviceable. The idea was, can Brock Purdy be a guy that that just rides the, the, the talent of this team and not get in the way? And it appears, in the small samples we have, that he is more than just a guy that's along for the ride. He appears to be better than competent. He appears to be a better-than-average quarterback and when you look at the offensive weapons he has, and you know when when Debo gets healthy, and the, you know a, a healthy Kittle, and you look at Ayuk, and you look at McCaffrey, and look at Uzcheck, and you look at this defense, which just is absolutely terrifying. They're just bullies right now. The 49ers look the part in the NFC. I I really think it's a two team race. I think the AFC. I think it's a little more open. Uh, at, you know, even though I think that the best teams are sitting in the AFC, I do too. Uh, you know, when you look at Kansas City, you look at uh, who the Bills. You know, look at the Bills. You look even at the Bengals at with Cincinnati. what they do. Yep. The Niners have a hard time with good receivers, man. They just do. But in the NFC, if I'm saying right now, and I'll include, uh, let's say I, I have a healthy Jalen Hurts, and I've been a Philadelphia guy all year. I said if if Jalen Hurts is a, is a above average quarterback, that's a Super Bowl team, and Philly has done nothing to to disprove that. I think right now the best team in the NFC, and it pains me to say it because I hate stroking your 49er ego, the best team in the NFC is the San Francisco 49ers. Stroke it. I think, when, <laughs> I think if healthy, Whoa. they <laughs> the ego, they <laughs> will be your Super Bowl representative in the NFC. And I had, I had Philadelphia, and I and had we're just going to lose in the Super Bowl. Honestly, I hate it. I hate it. But Diggs is a problem. Chase would be a problem. Uh, the Niners have a really hard time with mobile quarterbacks. Mahomes is a problem. Anybody can buy time. I'm terrified, terrified of making the Super Bowl again yeah. and losing again, whether it was the Ravens, the Chiefs, whoever it's going to be this year. I do think they're built to make a run in this NFC, but 
what the AFC is good at, the best teams in the AFC are good at, is is the Niners kryptonite. I am okay. not terrified of making the Super Bowl. We'll figure it out when we get there. <laughs> well, we, okay. we are. I'll get my 49ers jersey and we can all hold hands and sing Kumbaya or whatever the hell they sing down in San Francisco. You can borrow one of many of mine. I don't think that's going to fit. I might it need to be an oversized one. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, an oversized George Kittle jersey. I can borrow a keychain. All right, we come back. Club 1080 here on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 